Hey, everybody, and welcome back. This is Kelsey from the Brain Center of Green Bay, and you're listening to the Better Together podcast sponsored by Green Bay Packers Give Back and M2 Technology. This is the show where we explore ways we can maximize our brain health throughout our lives with sleep, nutrition, physical exercise, cognitive stimulation, the arts, and so much more. Today, I am excited to welcome my team member here at the Brain Center, Lorena Tipping. Lorena is our program manager and a certified advanced practice social worker. Lorena and I will be talking about stress management and self-care for our brains. Welcome, Lorena. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm so excited to talk about stress because I think everyone has stress, whether it's good stress or bad stress. But before we dive in, I thought it would be fun for a couple of icebreaker questions. When did you know you wanted to be a social worker? Yes, great. Thank you. So yeah, I've always known I wanted to help people, and I wasn't sure what that looked like when I was going to college for my undergrad classes. So I actually went to school for biology and realized that was not what I wanted to do. It was very difficult. The street biology was not my forte, but I knew in some capacity that I wanted to help people. So I had a cousin that shared social work with me, and I started those classes. So that piqued my interest, and mostly because I like social work. It's a field that's very broad and serves all population and ages. So fast forward 17 years later, I'm currently a certified advanced practice social worker through the state of Wisconsin with a master's degree in social work from UWGB. So I'm an alumni from UWGB two times. Nice. I'm an alumni as well from UWGB. Wonderful. Yeah. It's a great school. I started at Marathon County in Wausau, and then I transferred to GB. But I just love the atmosphere out there. So biology, were you wanting to be like something in healthcare with biology or chemistry? So I had a love for animals. Huh. Yeah. And because I knew I wanted to do something in the helping profession, whether that be a zoologist, Mm -hmm. veterinarian, But then I realized, no, it's helping people. So, yeah. So I've lived in Green Bay for 21 years, and I worked in the human services field through various nonprofit organizations. But the turning point in my career was when I ran a small eight-bed community-based residential facility for individuals with cognitive and physical disabilities. This nature of social work is what shined through as I was really responsible for advocating for those that are most vulnerable. There was one gentleman there who is deceased now, but he taught me the true nature of vulnerability and human dignity. This gentleman was 70 years of age at the time I worked with him. So he suffered from a traumatic brain injury at the age of 18. Yeah, he was hit by a drunk driver while changing the tire on his car on the side of the road. He was unable to speak verbally after the accident, and due to the lack of knowledge about TBIs, traumatic brain injuries, He didn't get the actual rehab that he would have today. However, though, I learned from him how to fingerspell and communicate, which was extremely difficult because he was very patient with me as I learned to speak his language. So with his support of technology, he was able to communicate full sentences on his talk board. So he and I had many tear-filled sessions talking about his life, frustrations, and what it's like to be unable to walk, talk, and eat foods by swallowing because he had a G-tube. So his story really changed my career. It made me train my staff with his words of wisdom, 
always treat someone or take care of someone like you want to be treated because you never know you could wake up tomorrow, have an injury or an accident that causes you to be laying in the same bed that he was laying in. You could be paralyzed. You're unable to speak. And he taught me and numerous staff just the true nature of human dignity. Um, so it was it was that experience that I switched directions in social work. I've been through several positions that improve the lives of individuals through either empowerment, engagement, direct practice, connections with outside resources, ed- education, and prevention. So my experiences in direct work now are working with those newly diagnosed with mild cognitive disorders, dementia-related diseases, brain diseases, which has brought me to my current position at the Brain Center. So yeah, I'm passionate about helping others, educating on brain health, neurological disorders, and dementia-related diseases out in our community. That's wonderful. I love that story. I didn't know that um, about you and That's what I love about this is we get to learn more about each other and our guests that we have on. So thank you so much for sharing that. So Kelsey. Yes. Kelsey, I have an icebreaker question for you. I'd love to know a little bit more about you. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about what you do? Yeah, I think for me, the favorite thing about what I'm doing here at the Brain Center is just getting to impact the community. I started my career in healthcare for one of the larger healthcare agencies in Green Bay. And I started as an intern and worked my way up from the business office to quality resources and ended in their health and wellness department, where we were going out into employers and bringing in health coaching and things like that. But I never really felt like I was getting anything from it. Like I was learning from the position. But I wasn't directly helping the community in a way that I wanted to. And we had these, we had what was called community days where we would go out and help nonprofits with projects. And that's what I loved the most. And so I left after 10 years at this organization, kind of basically starting my career. I started there at 15, left at 25, and I found my way into the nonprofit world. And I haven't looked back since. Wonderful. Yeah. And I just love being able to see the change in our clients and the community and know that we are making a difference. So as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about stress management and self-care for our brains. And I also said that stress can have both a positive and a negative effect on our brain health, which is why it's so beneficial for us to really understand the ins and outs of how stress affects our brain. So first, what is stress. So we all have experienced stress in our life and it's different for everyone. So what I experience as stressful is not what you feel as a stressful event. So it's important to know we are all different. Knowing yourself is one of our mantras at the Brain Center. We all have different genes, our legs, our abilities. They're all different. Our needs, our resources are different. And even just our environment exposure and our support systems differ for how we're supported in our life. So while everyone has some stress, there's no question that some people simply have more than others. Stress can be anywhere from my child sick, driving in the winter snow like today, starting a new school. The people you work with could, you know, get under your skin, problems with your health, in-laws, finances, neighborhood 
or problems with either your parents or your kid. One thing to note is stress is not all that bad, like you mentioned. So it can actually improve our brain performance by giving us a boost of extra energy to help us focus. Like me today, talking on this podcast, I have a little bit more, a little more energy, boost of energy, a little bit Mm -hmm. of stress. But, you know, I'm it's a benefit because I'm a little bit more clear on what I'm talking about. So that burst of energy can help with playing a competitive sport, public speaking. Stress can also strengthen the connection between those neurons in your brain. The strengthening helps improve your memory and attention span to make you more productive overall. There is a big however here, though. I was going to ask. A big however. Chronic stress over long periods of time is not good for us, and that's why what we really want to watch for is what we're going to focus on today. With that long chronic stress, how can it negatively impact our brains and bodies? Is it going to like shrink those connections or show up in some other form? Yeah. So when we encounter a stressor, our brain and body respond by a triggering series of chemical reactions that prepare us to engage in that fight or flight response from that stressor. So fight or flight is exactly what it sounds like. We want to fight the things that are stressing us, or maybe we want to run. So one example I like is you're facing this huge grizzly bear. Well, what are you going to do, Kelsey? Are you going to stay there? Are you going to fight? Or are you going to run? I would probably, well, trying to think about what I've seen on like National Geographic, what they tell you to do, but I don't know if I would in that moment know to think about that. I would probably either run or try to play dead so that he's he or she is not wanting me. Yes, you would fight food. You would fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, technically you would freeze in that one. And some of us do freeze under those circumstances too. So that yeah, that fight or flight reaction Mm -hmm. activates our amygdala, or Mm -hmm. that's called the fear center of our brain. And that causes a series of of events, like I mentioned. So that includes the stress hormone cortisol that's released, an increase in glucose levels, an increase in heart rate, an increase in blood flow to the muscles and arms. But then after that threat is gone, it's passed, that body will eventually return to norm. The effects of stress can also be very physical for some people, causing aches Mm -hmm. and pains and host of health problems too. So Everyone carries their stress differently. I carry it in my shoulders, my neck. Some people only carry it in their bodies. Some people don't carry it in their bodies. It might be more emotions that surface, Mm -hmm. which impacts then their mental health. When stress is continuous, it begins to change our brain and impact our overall. Like I discussed, the amygdala, that chronic stress, activates the brain's fear center, meaning that the body is in a constant state of stress. When one part of your brain is constantly engaged, the other parts of the brain may not have enough energy to carry out their other functions properly. So that chronic stress elevates those cortisone levels, which we don't want them all the time, leveled up, but can eventually cause problems with digestion, sleeping, and immune system. Sounds like me. Because I think for me, I carry my stress in emotion. But I also carry it in my gut. And so 
it makes me think maybe the stress of the last couple of years, I've had some personal things going on that maybe that caused my inflammatory bowel disease that I have now. Mm-hmm. So this is all very yeah, absolutely to me, things that I didn't even know about. Absolutely. And a lot of yeah. people can't sleep either because they're worried yeah. and stressed, can't unwind. They can't return to that normal state. And that's, that's really difficult. And then when we don't sleep, we don't eat well, our immune system is impacted. It's all connected, which is so interesting. Once you start peeling the onion of brain health, everything is all connected back. So how can we handle our stress? The biggest thing is to notice your stress. If we don't know our stress, how can we do something about it? So think about it. When your hands start getting sweaty or you can feel your heart beating really fast, maybe there was a noise that made you jump or caused you to be a little, little bit more stressed. You might notice a certain person makes you a little more agitated. So once we recognize those triggers, we can connect that to our body and begin to identify the stressors. And then work on those coping skills, I like to call them, or things that help our body return to that normal state. And I'll give some more examples later in this podcast. Okay. Awesome. Um, Because I know, like you said, like noticing your stress. Every time, like there's quiet in my house, my dog will hear a sound and her bark is very aggressive. She is not. And it scares the living daylights out of me. And so I I instantly, when you're like, your hands will get clammy, that's exactly what happens mm-hmm. when she does that. Just knock it off. It's great. But you recognize yeah. it, so that's important. Yes. So now I know that. I just now I'll have to think of those other times that I, I'll have to be more aware of when I notice that about myself in those situations. Absolutely. Yeah. So does stress play a role in our ability to make decisions? Yeah, absolutely. So stress does impact our decision making, especially when we're stuck in that that fight or flight state that I talked about. We can measure stress by noting the changes in the body. You know, your blood pressure goes up, your metabolism, digestion change, and we want to be able to heal that. So stress causes us to be an high alert putting a strain on virtually all of our systems in our body. And that creates opportunity for diseases that we couldn't fight off as we normally would if we weren't stressed. Stress then also causes our mind to become overloaded, cluttered, overwhelmed, unfocused. Therefore, we don't think properly. So think of a time where you had a series of events where everything just went wrong because you weren't thinking clearly. Oh, yeah. I can think of a couple. A time in my life where I've had a couple of those days where it was one thing after another. I think probably it was around the time where I had lost two very important people and I was dealing with grief, but also the stress of that and kind of picking up the pieces and trying to figure out what's next and everything just kind of. It was hard to think. Yeah. Right? Your mind was just overloaded. Yeah. Yeah. And I think often when we're overloaded, like the example you said, is one thing piles on top of the other. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you become late for an important meeting. You need to get gas because your gas light's Mm -hmm. on and you can't think at the Mm -hmm. gas pump. And then you start getting frustrated. Mm -hmm. That is stress and Mm -hmm. it's hard to deal with. So you got to actually take some time to pause. Yes. 
Um, and we'll get into um, a little later, too, in this episode about how we can take time to pause. But how can stress affect our overall self? Does it trickle into our work life, our relationships, families? Yeah, so we've been talking about that a little bit. So stress can affect your mood and your behavior. It can make a person actually hyper. It can make a person depressed. It can make you argumentative. It can make you more anxious. Mm -hmm. The stressors on top of stressors, like we just were talking about, make our mood worse. And then we create a pattern of negative thinking. So when we're mm -hmm. stuck in creating pathways of negative thinking, we've created a new habit. Mm -hmm. And we all know how hard it is to break habit. Yes. It is very difficult to break habits. Yeah. So maybe keeping that in mind, if we notice over time that we're doing the same thing when we become stressed, making like a little note of like, okay, how do I unlearn this habit? Absolutely. Or, Yeah, because our brains are so complex because we have so many thoughts per day that run through mm -hmm. that we can't actually organize them, organize them, mm -hmm. compute them. Yeah. So, yes, taking some time to maybe tackle that stress or what is going on, that anxiety, mm -hmm. and figure out, all right, I can tackle one thing today mm -hmm. i'm gonna do two tomorrow yeah and that will help that negative pattern mm -hmm. of thinking yeah because i know this is a little off topic but i think of my brain kind of like my computer and i have way too many tabs open and so maybe just closing all the tabs and just starting with the one that's thing. a great analogy yes i need to do that with my computer as well but that'll <laughs> never happen i do too <laughs> i hear you on that one <laughs> Okay, so um, mindfulness is another topic I'd like to tackle. And in doing some research for this episode, I saw that the Center for Mindfulness Studies said that when we practice mindfulness on a regular basis, it is associated with changes in the regions of our brain. And by doing this, the gray matter in our brain's amygdala may shrink, um, which will improve the way we manage stress. So how can someone start to incorporate mindfulness into their daily lives? Absolutely. So mindfulness, if you think about it, is it's simple. It's paying attention to something in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, in a non-judgmental way. Or it's being aware of what's happening right now as it's happening. So being in this present moment, you and I sitting here, doing this podcast, talking. Staying in the present moment is really mindfulness. I mentioned our brain computes an average of, do you know how many thoughts per day our, our brain Ooh. computes? I want to say 25,000. It's way higher. Okay. Our brains can compute an average of 70,000 thoughts per day. Whoa. And those 70 thoughts then also incorporate emotions that go with those thoughts. Yes. That's a lot of things whirling around in your mind. Yes. Yeah. So it's easy to see how our minds can get cluttered, overwhelmed, unfocused. Yes. A clear mind, a clear mind can be easily overwhelmed as well mm -hmm. by that constant flow of thoughts, feelings, and sensations and mm -hmm. emotions. Interesting. 
My favorite part, though, I love this because there are a lot of tools out there for mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And the biggest key is to practice. Yes. That can be simply taking time to stop if you need a rubber band on your wrist to, Mm -hmm. you know, randomly snap that rubber band to stop and notice what you're doing at that moment. Mm -hmm. A great tool to do. Mm -hmm. Stop. Think about the piece of cake you're eating. How does it Mm -hmm. taste? Is it good? Is it not Mm -hmm. so good? Do you taste any spices in the cake or stop become aware of an object mm-hmm. like how do we feel right now in these chairs i feel comfortable oh great <laughs> good so you're being in that present moment and so mm-hmm. you stop and you notice how your body's feeling mm-hmm. i have worked in outpatient therapy and one of my favorite ways to stay grounded and mindful is to ask my clients about the five senses okay so it's a simple five, four, three, two, one okay. mindfulness activity. You can do this anywhere and okay. anytime, but it does take practice. So mm-hmm. here is what I'm going to quickly explain, and then I'm going to ask you these things. Okay. So I usually go on the order of our five senses. Five things you can see. <laughs> four things you can touch. Okay. Three things you can hear. Two things you can smell. One thing you can taste, and I usually do taste last because, I mean, it's a little bit harder to taste five things, right? Yes. So I usually go in that order. So I'm going to ask you, Kelsey, if you're all right with that. I am. Great. So what are five things you see? Five things I see. So I see our microphones. I see your laptop. I see you, a bookcase, and my backpack. Wonderful. Yes. Great. So now tell me four things that you can touch. I can touch the lamp, the table, the floor, one more, and my coffee mug. Wonderful. Yes. And it could be even um, noticing touching my boot I'm wearing or oh yeah, touching the cushion of this this the chair, chair we're in okay. right now. So it's really like your body. body what are you touching? What are you touching? Really? Not yeah. like what I can reach out and touch. It can be that too. Okay. Because it's more of less, hey, let's be mindful. Yeah. What's around you? Yeah. Okay. All right. So tell me three things you can hear. Three things I can hear. I can hear a little bit of like a, a humming from the light. Teeny tiny. I can hear, well, I did hear little kids outside the door, and I can hear the clock. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't see it, but I could hear it. But you can hear it. Yeah. And two things you can smell. I can smell, I'm wearing some patchouli, and you might have on some lavender. Yes, I do. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. And that's great. I love that because... Usually clients will struggle with what they can smell. More or less, maybe I'm in an office with them, but mm-hmm. then I can get out some lavender or something mm-hmm. calming, an essential mm-hmm. oil, and have them smell it and realize aromatherapy can kind of help mm-hmm. with the anxiety and calm your brain. Yes, I love oils. I have so many in my house. It's just, they're everywhere. I have diffusers. I have a salt lamp where you can, it'll burn well heat the oil rather so they're just going all over the place because i just want zen all the time and how do you feel when you can smell those things good good yeah it depends on the smell like i sometimes use 
like a blend that's for stress relief. So it has lavender. I can't remember the other ones in there. I'll have to look when I get home. But I put that on in my office when I'm working sometimes. Not that my job is stressful, but just to like bring me down and not be so like tense and just like focus on what I'm doing, especially since a lot of what I do is computer based and design work. I just want to relax and focus on that little piece. That's perfect. So it makes you focus. Yes. And I think too, I like it because we can do it anywhere. So you could be outside, you could, Mm -hmm. you know, in the summer, you smell the grass Mm -hmm. being clipped or you hear the birds. Mm -hmm. That's why I like to have people practice it Mm -hmm. when they're outside. Mm -hmm. And a smell can even bring us and make us reminisce about certain things, Mm -hmm. like a certain face face wash that I use reminds Mm -hmm. me of my childhood. Mm -hmm. I keep a little tiny vial of my grandmother's perfume in Mm -hmm. my bathroom. I don't wear it, but every once in a while, I like to just give it a smell and it reminds me of her. And I have the same of my godfather's cologne. If I just need that little reminder of maybe sitting next to him, you know, watching the X-Files, I just give that a smell and it brings me right back to that moment. Yeah. I have one more, though. Okay. So it's the one thing you can taste. taste. I can taste my coffee, which is hazelnut coffee with hazelnut creamer. Wonderful. Yeah. And so, again, that's the order I use with people. It's five things you can see, four things you can touch. Three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And like I said, you have to practice that because you're not going to remember that unless you actually do it. Exactly. I'm going to add that in to something I do like twice a day just to help kind of calm me down a little bit Mm -hmm. and refocus. Because now we're getting into a stressful time of year with the holidays. So it's needed. Beautiful. So a lot of people have been using the buzzword self-care. And I think a lot of people kind of jump to it's just like, you know, a bubble bath or a spa day or doing a face mask. But it's really taking time to rest and recharge our body and mind. So what else can people do that isn't those where people are like, it's my self-care day. I'm going to go take a long bath, which is great if you are going to completely unwind. But what else could people do? Yeah, self-care to me is just finding things that bring you joy, really. And it has to be another thing that you practice and you do every day. It's spending time with friends, family, you're playing a sport. Maybe you play a board game, you're enjoying nature. Take a non-stressful trip, go on a picnic, listen to music, have a rest day or a movie night, or maybe you have a movie day. So I think it's, yes, I agree with you. It's not just one thing you can do every day or, you know, once every six months, Mm -hmm. get that massage or pedicure. No, it's something to practice and it's the things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. I like that. And if it is getting a pedicure or a massage that brings you joy... That's awesome. But what else can you be doing? Which I think is great that you added those in. What else we can. On a daily basis. It's about balance. Yes. I love that. That's I love that. That's key. So what type of self-care should we be practicing to ensure that we can better our brain health? 
Yeah. Okay. So self-care on a regular basis is important, like Mm -hmm. we talked about. Everything we talk about at Brain Center revolves around taking care of your mind, body, and spirit. Self-care is exercising, moving daily, having enough cognitive stimulation, which includes talking to friends. It's really about learning new things, such as gardening, dancing, listening to music. It's eliminating those toxins. And those toxins can be too much caffeine, alcohol, too much. Also, technology we talk about is too much technology time can really not balance our our mental health and our soul. No. It just takes a toll on our stress oh, yeah. levels. And our sleep habits. Mm-hmm. Staring at a screen all day and then you come home and then you're staring at another screen at night because you're going to watch TV or you're staring at the little tiny one. It's your cell phone that you keep in your pocket all day. That light is harsh and can add probably more stress because then it depends on what you're watching on TV. Like if you're watching something stressful, that's just going to add to your stress and anxiety maybe in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's also, yeah, limit your technology. Restful sleep is an important thing. Another one that we really focus on here too at the Brain Center is eating healthy. When we eat smart, we think better. You've heard the saying, you are what you eat. (laughs) So as you grow older, your brain is exposed to more of those harmful stresses due to lifestyle or environmental factors. So those foods that are rich in antioxidants can fend off those harmful effects of stress and oxidation in your brain. Our brains only weigh 3% of your total body weight. That's wild. Yeah. But they consume, do you know how much energy? Ooh. What percentage of energy do you feel our, our brains consume? They weigh only 3% of our total body weight, but they consume. I, I feel like I want to say between like a 10 and 15%. Yeah, close. Our okay. brains actually consume 20% of the energy that our body has. So oh. our brains are high octane fuel eaters and they need that good quality fuel. That fuel comes from the foods we eat and drink. So think of those whole foods that give you the brain quality fuel and nutrients that it needs. Awesome. And that by eating those foods and getting the sleep and seeing your friends, doing what you love, limiting your tech time, avoiding some of those toxins, it'll all help to manage your stress at the end of the day. And that self-care and that balance. Yes. Balance. That's such a I feel like I've heard that too is a buzzword that I think people are using as a buzzword that work-life balance, but we really need it. I think they just say it and they're not actually doing it because it takes practice. We've talked about the benefits of self-care and practicing it every day, but are there some resources out there for those who are wanting to incorporate self-care and stress management into their daily lives? Yes, there are many, 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 many self-care mm-hmm. tools, mindfulness resources mm-hmm. out there. So I'm going to tell you a few of my favorites. Okay. All right. The first one is actually journaling or gratitude journals. This helps you get out of that negative mindset that I chatted about. When I meet with clients, they actually look at me a little funny. Like, really, you want me to journal? Like, that just seems very old school, right? But there's power in writing down your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Don't type them. It's actually writing your thoughts because you're 
brain is translating your thoughts onto paper. So journal or write about what you're grateful for. I tell people the more you do it and practice, easier it gets. And it helps you get out of that negative thinking pattern. And then that gratitude journal is as simple as I'm thankful for the coffee I had this morning. The sun is shining today. Or I like the snow, how it, it makes everything look so white and pretty. Thankfulness is the dinner my loved one cooked me was amazing. My daughter smiled at me today. I enjoyed my comfortable bed. So the more you write it down, the more you notice it. Okay. That's awesome. I do keep a gratitude journal. Wonderful. Yes. I've actually yeah. given out cute little notebooks to people to just mm-hmm. try. Mm-hmm. I, I gave that to my friend for Christmas during the pandemic. He wasn't able to come home to see his family that year for Christmas. And so I made sure to send him some goodies. And one of them was a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And he told me afterwards that he absolutely loved it. And he did it every single day. And I think he actually went out and bought another one yeah so that's so cool mm -hmm. and he has oils all over the place too so he's working on that self-care i love it too and i think if you if you do struggle with your own journaling one of my favorite ones my sister actually got me this it's 52 lists for happiness and it's a weekly journal that you can write down things such as list the ways you can fake it till you make it and be unhappy or list the elements of your life where you feel challenged in a positive way. Wow. Or list the ways you think someone you love would describe you. List the experiences that have made you feel you are living life to the fullest. So I love it because there are little journals out there. Another one I brought today was a self-care journal. Oh. And... I like this one because you can write what's on your mind. You can circle just maybe some feelings that you're having today, maybe a creative space that you want to write something or draw. There's top priorities that you can focus on, daily gratitude mm-hmm. and to-do list. I love that. I do have more resources that are my favorite. Yes. Um, there is another one. It's an It's an app. So we talked about technology, right? Mm-hmm. Why not use our phone to our advantage and mm-hmm. utilize some of the apps that are out there? There's one called I Am. I have that on my phone. You do? I do. Oh, it's my favorite. I have it on, I have an iPhone. So they did an update where mm-hmm. you can change your home screen or your lock screen. And so they have what's called widgets. And so it's on right here. The one that it says today is my mind is clearing and I am in control. I love it. Yeah. And then I click on it and then I can go and look at different ones too. I have it somewhere. Yeah, I love it because you can. You can pick up to 10 notifications a day. Mm -hmm. For myself, I only do three Mm -hmm. and I do like good morning, afternoon, Mm -hmm. and night. And it you pick that topic of stress Anxiety, self-care, positive thinking, happiness, relationships, Mm -hmm. body, positive gratitude or personal growth. And then it will ding and give you a notification of an affirmation because affirmations are strong. It helps us get out of that negative thinking. So kind of like you're talking about, ones will come up as I accept every situation as it is. 
Another example is I'm thankful for my dreams of yesterday because they're the reality of today. I am replacing anger and frustration with love and compassion. My body is a vessel for incredible things. I am letting go of bad memories and taking up new positive ones. So do you notice anything about those those affirmations that I'm saying that's a little bit different? That maybe our minds may not typically translate like that, our own self-talk? Yes. Yeah. It's more positive and not on the negative. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right on that. Mm -hmm. It is. It's I am. I am. I can. I accept. And it's all mm -hmm. positive, a positive growth mindset, which is another one of my favorites that they're actually teaching to children in school now is reframing those negative statements to positive mm -hmm. ones. I wish they had that when I was in school. Me too. But it's simple as, you know, our brain is a muscle. So when you learn, your brain is actually growing and you can make those new habits and patterns of a positive growth mindset. You know, we tell kiddos, I focus on my improvements. I can do hard things. I learn from my mistakes. It's okay to have mistakes. I do my best. I ask for help. But if you have a negative or a fixed mindset, it's I compare myself to others or I'm either good or I'm not. I'm bad. I give up easily. I don't like challenges. So you can really see the difference between the affirmations and the negative mindset and the growth mindset. It's one of my favorites. I do also have some books that I brought that Ooh. we can put on our website yeah. that I really like. There's just so many different breathing techniques out there. For myself, I cannot meditate on my own. I cannot sit there for 10 minutes and breathe. Mm -hmm. My mind wanders, which is okay. I'm not going to be hard on myself about that. So a fun one is to take your breath in and out and spell your name. Oh. So you would breathe in. K. And breathe out. Breathe in. E. Breathe out. Breathe in L. And then you would do the rest of your name. S-E-Y. Kelsey. I like that. I'm going to try that later. Yeah, it's absolutely really easy to do. And then a lot of fun things, too. I brought affirmation cards as well. So this one is Love Life. They're pop-open cards that I give to people that are maybe having a bad day, and I give it to them. And I tell them, "Ooh, don't read it now, I say. Okay. But read it later when you're needing a, a thought oh, of inspiration. That's so cool. And they're they're really neat. They like being a strong person, self-love, a lot of different categories. They're called pop-out cards with messages inside. So a lot, a lot of other things I can cover. We just yeah. don't have time for that all today. Yeah. No, we don't. And there's so many really fun things out there that you can find even just on Amazon by searching like affirmation cards. Because I know my friend got me one for my birthday. It was called affirmators and it has like a unicorn on the front and it's just it was a fun thing to get for my birthday and just enjoy that so how can the brain center help individuals who maybe are feeling stressed or needing help kind of creating that self-care routine yeah so one of our six pillars is focusing on stress so we're we're here to provide those resources and tips either in our coaching 
or educational presentations in the community. We like to do general brain health presentations, but then we do like to take a deeper dive into those six pillars. So check out our website, follow us on social media, connect with us, chat. I'm always available. We are here to just help your health and well-being. We are a no-cost service in our resource hub around brain health and living a happy quality life. So stay connected with us. As we wrap up, what is the biggest takeaway you hope our listeners get? You have to first stop and notice when you're stressed. Know all of your experiences and stress. They're going to be different, right? But take that time, stop, and think about it. Said if you need a rubber band, do that. And it, and then remember, it takes practice. You can't just wake up. You can't master that five, four, three, two, one that we no. did. You gotta. You actually have to practice that. Okay. Same with deep breathing. Got to practice that. Our brain is a muscle. We got to exercise it. Then the last takeaway is you can do something about your stress. If you're uncomfortable trying something new for self-care or stepping out of that comfort zone, that's okay. Because just because you experience discomfort in trying something new, that's okay. So don't let discomfort be a barrier to get in the way. So get up, tackle one thing at a time, break down that stress. You can scream, you can laugh, walk, walk the block, walk your dog, try it once a day. And any change towards self-care can help your overall stress, mood, and mindset. That's awesome. I've, I, I've just learned so much today. And I'm so relaxed. And that's, I'm not just saying that. But it's I, not I, patchouli or the lavender. No, okay, I am. Um, now, was there any question that you wish I would have asked you? No, I think we covered quite a bit here. We could keep talking, I think, probably for a few more hours on oh, all yeah. the tools and resources out there. Yeah, definitely. But again, just check out the books and resources on our website. We'll have mm-hmm. some of those posted and just yeah. some of my favorites. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank and you. to our listeners. Yeah. Thank well, you all. Yes. Thank you. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Better Together with the Brain Center of Green Bay. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We also want to thank our season sponsors, Green Bay Packers Give Back and M2 Technology, along with our sustaining sponsor, Festival Foods. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review and share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. Feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes and get in touch in the comments or on the Brain Center social media networks. We'll see you in the next episode.